With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Um, we've been talking about, we started talking, well, go back to um, 2 Corinthians 12. We'll just start there again. We are talking about the manifestations of grace. And, um, I mean, 1 Corinthians 12, not 2 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12. Um, there are nine listed, but in that nine, those are really big headings for the multiple gazillion ways that grace manifests under those headings. Um, it, it's different for every person. It's different in every circumstance. Um, but in some form or fashion, you can fully expect and should expect that um, it is natural, not, not even supernatural for us. It ought to be the natural for us to flow in these uh, manifestations. Um, they ought to be ours and we ought to walk in them you know, with ease. So there are nine um, headings of manifestations. Let me put it that way. And um, each of those in that nine, there are three sets of three um, manifestations, which I think is so cool. Three is God's perfection. Three threes would be complete perfection. And nine is um, fruits of the Spirit. So what, a, what an awesome uh, message just in the numbering there. Um, the first three manifestations that we talked about were revelation uh, manifestations and that was word of wisdom which is about God's plan for the, for the future and his overall design for mankind. So when you receive a word of wisdom it has to do with God's ultimate plans in some way. Um, word of knowledge is a fact um, something that you can know about the present or the past but it's all supernatural. This is beyond um, any wisdom that God gives to all of us. We all have the mind of Christ. We all have that wisdom. But this is like one bit of the unfathomable wisdom and knowledge of God that he chooses to, to reveal to us. The wisdom comes, well it all comes as revelation. Um, something that we couldn't know. Um, word of wisdom was um, it, to me the best one was when Jesus said who do people say I am and Peter says you're the Christ the son of the living God and he said you know what Peter men did not reveal that to you God had to reveal that to you that the very idea that Jesus was Messiah speaks to God's plan having come to earth and, um, and um, God's purpose in it and um, those guys at that point in time had the idea that, you know, he was going to be like the conquering king. They didn't get it. 
Because, I mean, even right up to the end, they're all fighting about who's going to sit on the throne next to him. They didn't get it. But Peter, Peter laid hold of that one truth for a moment. It was fleeting, but he had it for a moment. You know, and um, um, word of knowledge is when, you know, Philip brought Nathaniel to see Jesus. And Nathaniel's going, can anybody possibly good come out of Galilee, that little redneck area? And um, Philip says, come and see. And far off, Jesus sees Nathaniel coming and he says, there he is. He's a man of God. He's an honest man. He's upright. He's, you know, and he starts naming all the qualities of Nathaniel as he gets closer. And when Nathaniel gets there, he says, how do you know me? And Jesus says, before Philip even got to you, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. You know, that was a fact of knowledge that Jesus could not possibly have known on his own terms. It was supernaturally revealed to him that Philip found him sitting under a fig tree. You know, that was a word of knowledge. Um, and it was meant to tell Nathaniel that um, this is a supernatural deal that you're dealing with. He came with the idea, oh yeah, I'm going to see what's coming from Galilee. What a big joke that is. But I'm going to make you happy, Philip. I'm going to go and I'm going to see. But just, you know, and that word of knowledge was enough to set him on his heels. Same with the little woman at the well. He never met her before in his life. And Jesus says, go get your husband. She said, I don't have one. He said, I know it. You had five, but the man you're living with now is not your husband. Knowledge that Jesus could not have known in the natural because he didn't know who the woman was. But it was a word of knowledge meant to get her attention. You know. So the word of knowledge is uh, and word of wisdom sometimes go together. They work together. You might get a word of knowledge uh, or a word of wisdom and then the knowledge about what to do with the wisdom um, all at the same time. And so they work interchangeably. And the same thing with discerning of spirits. And um, I think we got... Did we get to discerning of spirits last week or did we stop there? We just stopped. We stopped. Were, started it. Mm -hmm. Okay. You just said discernment of spirits, the ability to see into the spirit realm. Right. Helps us in spiritual warfare. That's all I have for you. Okay, then that's where we're going to pick up. I couldn't exactly decide where we were. Um, okay. This, this is also a, re a revelation gift. Okay. And it is the supernatural ability to have insight into the, into the spirit realm. And it's both good and evil. It can go either way. Um, in Isaiah uh, 6.1, we're not going to go to Isaiah ever again, but um, just saying, in 6.1, Isaiah saw into the throne room of God. He had a, a, a discerning spirit on him. The Holy Spirit came on him and he was allowed to see into the spirit realm for a minute. The same with Moses. Um, when God put his hand on Moses, hit him in the rock, cleft of the rock, and walked past, Moses was allowed to see into the spirit realm just for a moment, just a glimpse. Paul, when he was lifted up into the third heaven, had that experience of glimpsing into um, the third heaven. You know, he said there was a man caught up into the third heaven. Um, Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, could see into the spirit realm and here is Satan, you know, 
speaking with him and talking with him and he's able to understand and discern who he is and to defeat him with the word of God. Um, Mary saw the angel Gabriel. Um, one of the ones that I think is really cool and I've been um, just reading about going deeper in the spirit lately. I've just been reading lots of things about it. And um, one that's really cool to me is when Daniel was fasting for those 21 days. And you go back and you read that, only Daniel, only Daniel was able to discern the spirit realm. The other guys that were with him, their hair stood on end. They could sense something. But because Daniel was the one that fasted and had gotten his flesh out of the way, he was fully able to step over into that spirit realm with that angel. You know, and see the angel and, and uh, um, you know, receive that message face to face. Um, the other guys couldn't see him. Same with Paul. They could sense something. They saw the bright light, but only, only Paul, only Saul, saw into the spirit realm and actually saw Jesus. The other men did not see Jesus. They only saw the light. They didn't even hear Jesus. But that is special, that special enablement to see into the spirit realm came by the power of the spirit. Um, and I, I get uncomfortable. I, I just read a book not too long ago, which I wouldn't suggest that you read about the shadows of the supernatural. And um, I was uncomfortable with it in a lot of ways because um, it was... Um, talking about um, like Christians going into these new age strongholds and um, with with God but you know like they go into these new age things where people have all these spiritual readings and stuff and they put up their sign spiritual readings and that makes me uncomfortable because they're not lifting up Jesus Christ right. they're stabbing in a cult which is it, it would feel that way to me, like you'd be ginning it up. I can't, I, I had trouble with it. Mm -hmm. But, um, so it's real easy to take um, the idea of reading into the spirit realm, you know, and and there's a fine line there, but, but you and I have to be really in tune with the Lord to know what we're doing and to know that it only comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't gin it up. You know, you can't make it up. You can't gin it up. And um, while they were, you know, using that as a testimony to tell people God's the only one that can give you a true spiritual reading, I, I was uncomfortable with that. And um, I had some trouble with it. But at the same time, it's important that we not shut the door on this manifestation because some people are um, not using it right, not you know, not walking in it by faith as a vessel. They're trying to use the ability, um, maybe for good purposes, but you know, they're not being the vessel. They're trying to manipulate what the Holy Spirit has given. That makes me uncomfortable. First of all, any any discernment of spirit for good or evil is always going to. You're always going to find something about that in the Word. If you can't find something in the Word about it, you might want to walk away. And um, there are a lot of books out there written about, um, you know, the demonic and, you know, all the demons and all this kind of stuff. And, and some of it's okay, some of it's not. 
And so you have to be very careful that what people talk about um, is it actually will line up with Scripture in some way. Um, um, but you and I should have that discernment. You know, if you if you get into the presence of someone who um, who is very on fire for God, your spirit ought to speak to their spirit. You ought to know it instantly. You ought to have that kind of discernment. Now, in the just being born again, we should have that discernment to a degree because we, you know, our spirits are alive to the things of the spirit, right? But when you are uh, born again and then filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, you you're going to come into more of a place um, where you're living out of the kingdom into the material, as opposed to living in the material and trying to pull things out of the kingdom from from the material world. You and I really live in the kingdom, and the the blessings of God flow through us like a river of living water out into the material. It's not a matter of trying to pull it out. It's a matter of us appropriating by the wisdom and the knowledge and the discerning of the Holy Spirit in us. Um, We don't really even know a lot of times what it is that's needed for a circumstance. But the Holy Spirit will. And He's pretty quick to tell you so. Um, Um... Let me just, I don't want to miss anything. Go to Mark chapter 5. Let me just give you a couple of examples here. Mark chapter 5. This was an interesting encounter that Jesus had. Um... And and when we get into talking about the manifestations of healing, this is going to come back around because because physical ailments, emotional ailments, spiritual ailments uh, all manifest themselves in the spirit in some way or another. Um, They all do. And um, unless you know what you're dealing with, um, unless you have discernment of spirits, Sometimes you'll be praying for a sickness that's actually not a sickness, okay? Uh, but rather um, demon oppression. I'm going to give you two examples here. Uh, now, this there's no doubt that this man was insane. But, you know, sometimes we pray for people who are insane, you know, as if it's a mental illness to be healed. When it wasn't a mental illness to be healed, Jesus knew that. Everybody else had just run from the man. Because he was insane. But Jesus knew exactly what he was dealing with because he had specific discernment of spirits. Not only that, but it worked in reverse. That spirit discerned Jesus. It worked both ways. And it will with you. You know, if you're in tune. Those spirits recognize you just like you can recognize them when you're stepping over into the supernatural. So you have to you have to be ready for that when it comes. All right, look at verse 1 here in chapter 5. They came to the other side of the sea to the region of the 
um, Gerasenes or the Gadarenes, whichever is in your Bible. And as soon as he got out of the boat, there met him out of the tombs a man under the power of an unclean spirit. This man continually lived among the tombs and no one could subdue him anymore, even with a chain. For he'd been bound often with shackles um, for the feet and handcuffs, but the handcuffs of light chains he wrenched apart and the shackles he rubbed and ground together and broke in pieces and no one had the strength to restrain or tame him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always shrieking and screaming and beating and bruising and cutting himself with stones. And when from a distance he saw Jesus, he ran and fell on his knees before him in homage. Um, I think that was the one sane part of the man that was left. You know, coming. But out of his mouth screamed these demons, Oh, what have you to do with us? And crying with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? What is there in common between us? I solemnly implore you by God, do not begin to torment me. For Jesus was commanding, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So Jesus saw that man and immediately was commanding it. When he says, You come out of that man, you unclean spirit, the man ran to him and fell down. You know, and the demon screamed through him. You know, what do you have to do with us? Jesus instantly knew it. And he asked him, what's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he kept begging him urgently not to send them away out of that region, the demons. And now a great herd of hogs was grazing there on the hillside. And the demons begged him saying, send us into the hogs that we may go into them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out of the man and entered into the hogs and the herd, numbering about 2,000. That man had 2,000 demons in him. Rushed headlong down the steep slope into the sea and were drowned in the sea. And the hog feeders ran away and told it to the town and the country. And the people came to see what it was that had taken place. And they came to Jesus and looked intently and searchingly at the man who had been a demoniac sitting there clothed and in his right mind. The same man who had had legions of demons, and they were seized with alarm and struck with fear. Um, there are a lot of times when we're praying for somebody that's mentally unbalanced, you know, and um, we, we need discernment in what we're praying for. It could be demon oppression. You have no idea, but if you're praying for like a physical healing of their mind, but it's demon depression, you're wasting your prayers. You know, there's, there, is, um, there is a specificness to what has to happen in order for people to be healed. Look at Luke 13. Look at Luke 13. I was talking to Tom Allen today about this because I really, I, I feel like the Lord wants him to start ministering on a much deeper level than he is. But there are a lot of people that come to him stooped and, and hurt and wounded and he'll work on them and work on them knowing they should be healed and they're, and they're not. They don't get better. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, Tom, you know, sometimes that stooping comes from an emotional hurt or a, 
you know, or a psychological hurt, or a, a, you know, it can even be oppression. Um, I said, you, you know, when you have that discernment in you, you'll be able to minister on a deeper level to your patients. And kind of a light bulb went off, and I thought, praise the Lord. That would be you so know, common. yes, it would. Yes, it would. And um, the reason I, I did that is because of this very scripture. Um, look at Luke thirteen eleven. Okay, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue. Okay, and there was a woman there who for 18 years had had an infirmity caused by a spirit, a demon sickness. She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up or look upward. Now, you know, if you and I run across someone like that, if we're going to pray at all, we're going to pray for a healing in their back. We're going to pray for, you know, God to straighten them up. We're going to pray for those muscles, those tissues. But that would have been a wasted prayer here. Because in the spirit, Jesus knew. He discerned that this was not a physical ailment with our bones. It was a demon oppression. And, um, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are released from your infirmity. He, he basically declared, you are loosed. And the scripture says, whatever you declare loose in earth is already loose in heaven. Whatever you declare bound in earth is already bound in heaven. And he said, woman, you are loosed from the oppression of that demon. And then he laid hands on her and instantly she was made straight. And she recognized and thanked and praised God. It you know, we would have, you know, Tommy Allen would have been working on his, her back to get it loosened and do what he could. And there might have been a surgery to try to straighten her out. But all that time, it was a demonic oppression on her. And without that discernment, who would know? We're praying for wrong things. We're, you know. So discerning of spirits is really important. Um, you also want to know who's talking to you in the spirit realm. You want to be certain that you recognize the voice of who's speaking. Um, Satan is going to sound a lot like God in his word. Satan says to Eve, did God really say you would die? Now I think he probably said to you that you would just become like him. You know, he said to Jesus, he said, you know what the word says? He said, you know, you could cast yourself off this building and, you know, you're not going to dash your foot on a stone. He was misquoting Psalm 91. Um, you have to be sure that you know whose voice you're hearing. Because the enemy will sound a whole lot like the Bible um, if you're not careful. Um, I recently heard a preacher say, you know, you're thumbing through the Christian TV channels. And I heard this minister say, you know, this is what I heard from the Lord. I understand that, you know, it's not exactly in the Bible, but this is a new thing. And I went, nope, 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 nope. Be sure whatever you hear exactly lines up with the Word of God. You know, you need that discernment and you need the Holy Spirit to tell you that. You need the Holy Spirit to say, this is not right. Um, 
And then the other thing about discernment that's really awesome is there will be times when you're just living and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will say something to you out of the clear blue. And you go, whoa, that was really cool, you know? Things that you would never have thought of, you know? He'll open your eyes to see something that you haven't seen before. Um, It happened several times with my kids, you know, when you'd be praying for them, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would say, why don't you look at 1 Corinthians 10.4? Just look at that verse. And you go and look and you go, wow! You know, then he could just open that up to let me see what it is that I'm dealing with. These high things, these imaginations, these, you know, um, all those things that um, exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. And all of a sudden you stepped over into the spirit realm. And he says, now see, you don't fight your battle with the flesh. Sending him to his room 500 times is not going to do it. You're going to have to get over in the spirit and do something about it. And that's discernment. You know, that's a, a spiritual discernment. That there's a spiritual issue going on that has to be dealt with. Not a flesh discernment, but a spiritual uh, issue that has to be dealt with. And um, you can use that on yourself. I've done that a whole lot. Sandy. Yeah. Getting back here to this woman with the infirmity. Right. And seeing into the the body. Have you watched Mel Bond? B-O-N-D. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... He does a lot of these healing services, Mm -hmm. and he'll go up to someone that's all crippled up or in a wheelchair or just sitting there hunched over, Mm -hmm. and uh, he'll ask if he can take a look at them, and he'll Mm -hmm. just stand there like a yard away from them, Mm -hmm. and they'll say, yes, yes, because they're there for healing. Sure. And he'll say, now, I see a spirit wound around your spine. Right. And it's causing you to bend over, mm-hmm. and it's keeping you in bondage. Mm-hmm. And then, and uh, then, who asked the person? Now, have you had problems, or have you been to a doctor? Tell me mm-hmm. what's going on with you. Why? Yes. Why are you here? And they'll then they'll say about the spine and all this and that. And then he just very calmly says, "Now, spirit, you must leave this body in the name of Jesus." Mm-hmm. He doesn't do any histrionics. Mm-hmm. He's just very calm. Matter of fact, you must leave this Mm -hmm. woman's body. And next thing you know, she's standing up straight. And, you know, and I've seen this multiple times in his services. And it's, you know, and it is just a matter of having that insight into the spirit. You know, it's just just seeing with your spirit eyes. And that's what Jesus says, having the eyes of the understanding opened, enlightened. He's not talking about your physical eyes. He's talking about your spirit eyes. Okay. You know. Can we learn to do more of what he is doing? Because a lot of yeah. us will have spiritual discernment, but it's nothing that... It just comes and you see it. Mm-hmm. But what he does is he stands there... And mm-hmm. he just like looks into right in the spirit, spirt spirit realm. Sees yeah, these things. Yes, 
And I think as we minister in boldness and we expect those things to happen, they will. I, he says you can yeah. learn to do that. Yeah. But of course then yeah. you have to go to his course, take his course. Right. No. You know, I mean, Paul and Peter, they didn't have to go to courses. And John says it like this. You don't you don't need a teacher. You have an unction of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think as we minister, and I, and I know you learn as you go. Ron's talked about that so many times about what he learned in his office. Every time he, you know, somebody else came in, the Lord says, I just want you to talk to him about this. And I want you to talk to him about that. And you go, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do that. But, but, but when you do, you learn the depth of what God's trying to show you. I think that's the way we learn, is as we minister, you know, we become more um, sensitive about those things. And, uh, but we need that. We need that discernment. You know, we need it. And I'll tell you, one way to get it to work really, you know, strongly is by praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. You just need to stay at it all the time. Because as you're praying in the Spirit, that's the gateway that leads you to the supernatural. It's the thing that takes you over. You know? Do you want to say something? You got a lot of stories in there, I know. <laughs> we had, uh, Betty and I had gone to bed, and it was about 10.30, and we got a phone call. And uh, it was a couple from Everett that called in, and uh, they had a spirit problem. In fact, the, the father had, uh, had trouble with the child, and he had a broken leg. And uh, the father had the boy down on the floor, had his, his legs pinned under his arms, you know, you know yeah. everything. And, uh, but they didn't know what to do with him. The, the kid was, uh, his mouth was just a trash bag, you know, of, of things that he was saying. And uh, we went down and I, I have found that uh, dealing with, with demonic, I often treat them as little children. You say, you do shut up, you know. And, and I mean, you tell me you expect it. And, and they do. And I tell you, and they, they do seem to, they, they know you have dominion over them. And, uh, and they, but it's, it's, it's hard sometimes when you're talking about people, you know, getting a little flaky and so on, you know. Yeah. That, uh, that that's bad, you know. But, but sometimes those are the side symptoms. And uh, mm -hmm. sometimes we just have to deal with those. Uh, uh, whatever you know, whatever they are. Right. But uh, I walked in as young, this young boy, and I just told him to shut up in Jesus' name. <laughs> you know, and he did. <laughs> I guess <laughs> just like right now, right now, right now. Now you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I hope there was a happy ending to that story. Yeah. But yeah, you. you it's it's really important. It's really <laughs> important. That we have that perception, um, especially when you when you work with the public. Um, I, I, you know, I'm speaking to you guys mainly now, but um, when you work with the public, um, having that spiritual discernment and that wisdom is a, it's very powerful. Um, you know, the Lord can show you things about this person, what they need, what they don't need. He can. Uh, show you, you know, if, if he's brought them to you and they need you, then God's going to show you what to do, you know. Um, and you need to rely on that. You need to rely on that. Um, 
because God will absolutely use you wherever you are. And and you know, sometimes you think, well, you know, I'm a worker and I'm I'm not home and I don't have the time to go out and minister, but you walk out the door and you're a minister. And your missionary field is where you are. And um, God needs people in the workplace. So he sends you out to the workplace. And um, he expects you to operate in all the gifts of the Spirit. Now, do I expect you to lay hands on people and have them fall out in your office? No. It could happen. But what I'm saying is, is God can give you such a wisdom about people and such a discernment about people that um, you know you'll know exactly how to minister and what to do for them to prosper them and prosper yourself. Um, but but we have to start walking more in the supernatural than the natural. And um, when you go out the door with that mindset every day, you know, Lord, I'm going with you. I'm I'm seated at the right hand of the Father in the kingdom of heaven. That's where I live. That's where my residence is. And if I'm going into this job, I'm going as a kingdom representative and the blessings of God are going to flow through me to whoever I touch. doesn't matter who it is, your boss, your, you know, your next door neighbor, your, you know, people that you work with every day, whatever. There's a power that can flow through you when you go with that discernment and um, that ability to um, allow um, God to work through you. Big things can happen. Because you'll think that you have a problem with a person in the flesh. You know, an issue with a person in the flesh. And God will show you this person, you know, has such a wounding in their spirit right now. You know, it isn't you, it's a wounding in their spirit. And you need to pray about that wounding. You know, you need to do this or you need to do that. And he'll give you not only the discernment, but he'll also give you a wisdom and knowledge in what to do about it. Um, so you think you're dealing with just a person who's nasty, but you might be dealing with a person who is oppressed or depressed or whatever. And um, while you might not deal with them directly, then you know you can be praying for them. You know, get that oppressive spirit off them. Speak them loose from that thing. Um, but, but that makes your job all the more exciting. You know, making the money is secondary. But being a missionary is primary wherever it you go. It shuts them off real quick if you mm -hmm. say something that's contrary to their nastiness. Yeah, them. you know. As soon as you say something mm -hmm. contrary to that, they just shut right up. And they do. They do. You know, because um, it, you're dealing, you, you know, Ephesians says that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. No. But at the end of that passage, you know, we always get through, we don't wrestle with with flesh and blood, you know. But with principalities and powers. But at the very end of that, it says, having done all, you know, praying with all manner of prayer in the Holy Spirit. And the word in there is instrumentally. Praying with all kinds of prayer instrumentally by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit use you instrumentally to pray. Um, and boy, does that make a difference. When you go armed and you have been praying instrumentally by the Holy Spirit, your armor's up and you're, you know, you're ready to go. So that then is the end of Revelation gifts, Revelation manifestations. So we've had the, the um, um, manifestations of Revelation. 
Now we got manifestations of power. This is what I like. You know, it was, it was interesting, but I've had ministers call from around this area mm -hmm. to, to come in and deal with, with the demonic. With the demonic, yeah. They don't know what to do with it. And, uh, or they've had no training in it. Right. And it's... it's uh, and it's a it's around it's here you know it's here it's important. yeah mm -hmm. it's here it was funny when we were studying about the about the demonic uh -huh. uh, we had we had more incursion into Bible study and so on <laughs> of people with problems with this wow mm -hmm. it seems that we we seem to have some understanding of it and they would come in to be dealt with to be dealt with yeah, yeah. open the door and. I tell you what, it's a blessing to have anybody that's got the boldness to deal with it. When you're desperate and you're oppressed and you're depressed or even possessed, uh, it is a blessing of God to find somebody that can deal with it. You have to look far and wide to find people who can deal with it. And um, it, it is so real. And I think that the activity is going to get more and more and more as the end time comes. I think it's just, you know, it's going to get, as the light gets lighter, the dark's going to get darker. And we have to really be, I think we really have to be ready for this. Um, you know, I don't know how long Jesus is going to tarry. Um, I just soon go right now. But, uh, you know, let's just go on a big vacation. I'm ready for that. It's a good time. Yeah. But, um, you know, until he comes... We're going to have to occupy. And um, that scripture where Jesus speaks about, you know, the kingdom is taken by violence and the violent take it. Um, th there is a warfare in the kingdom and our job is to keep moving forward and taking territory. We don't have any armor for our rear ends. Okay. God's got our rear end, but we have no armor for our rear ends. We are only meant to go forward and to take territory. Well, you're not going to take territory from friendly people. The gates of hell have been thrown up to try to stop us. And if you don't know who you're dealing with, if you don't have a sense of who you're dealing with, you're going to get creamed. You know? You'll be like those seven sons of Siva. You know? You're going to get creamed. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and when you have, have that faith built up in you and you have that um, supernatural ability, um, that dunamis power, it's really cool. I, I was um, just, you know, looking at that Greek word the other day, dunamis, for dynamite. But it's also the same for dynamo. And when I think about a dynamo that continually generates power, generates, generates, generates... I like that word better than dynamite. Dynamo. That dynamo power of the Holy Spirit that's continually generated in us for the very purpose of taking territory. You know, that's what we do. So we have, we have all those um, discernment gifts. Revelation manifestations. And then we have the power to back it up. Which is good. We need the power. We need the, the dunamis dynamo power of God. Um, the first one of those manifestations is faith. And this was so interesting to me. First of all, it is the fruit of the Spirit. It's faith. Faithfulness, right? Okay. In Romans 12, it says, 
and Ephesians 2, 8, it says, we are all given the measure of faith. Everybody has faith. Jesus says, if you've got the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. That's not much faith, right? We're all expected to have that. Um, in Mark, it says, them that believe, you know, shall cast out demons, shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They'll speak in new tongues. Them that believe, that's faith. And then in Hebrews it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. You have to believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if, if um, God expected us to please him and did not give us the measure of faith, then it would be an impossibility for us. It all comes from God. We're saved by grace through faith and even faith is not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, lest any man boast, right? Ephesians 2. So we are, we are believers, so we are not exempt from that kind of faith. Every one of us is required to build that faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But here is the key, and this just blew me away. I'm going to play totally ignorant here. But it blew me away when I saw this because now this makes sense to me. The key is, is that this faith does not act. You know, James says faith without works is dead. This is not faith with works. This is a passive faith that receives. It's a passive faith that receives. It expects a sustained, continuous miracle. Sometimes over a long period of time. And sometimes a very short period of time. Okay? Um, it's not unusual for this supernatural faith to work in connection with manifestations of healings and miracles. Okay? Um... But it is, it is a faith of receiving, not doing. Let me give you some examples. When Daniel was in the lion's den, okay, Daniel could do nothing but lay down and go to sleep. But what kind of faith did it take to lay down and go to sleep? It took the kind of faith that's supernatural enough to receive the deliverance of God before he ever walked in there. The same with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. When they walked in that fiery furnace, they had a passive faith to receive deliverance. They said, my God can, you know, our God can deliver us if he chooses. But we'll never bow our knee to you no matter. But he says, our God is strong enough to deliver us. And when they went in there, they were given that supernatural, special faith to receive their deliverance in the middle of the fire. And that's a different kind of faith than you and I having faith to go and share the gospel with somebody or to lay hands on the sick and have them recover. This is an entirely different supernatural empowerment of faith that doesn't come by hearing and hearing by the word of God but comes by the dynamo power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to circumvent our flesh and stand in a supernatural faith and allow God to deliver. Okay, either for us or for somebody else. Look at Abraham and Sarah. 
Their faith stood for 24 years. For 24 years. And in Romans 4, you know it talks about Abraham praising God because he knew that God was able to do what he promised. Abraham could do nothing. We saw that because we have Ishmael. But God, <laughs> thank goodness there was no law back then. You know, he was outside the law. Grace was flowing. And um, he got a second chance at that. But that was a faith that could not do anything on its own but allow God to work at 190, 100 years old, 90 years old. Come on. You know, there was nothing they could do. That wasn't, you know, I command my body to work. That was simply enough faith to stand and allow God to do what he wanted to do. It's, it is a passive kind of faith, but very, very powerful. Um, when Paul was caught in that storm, you know, that raged on and on, um, he told him, he said, you're going to get these storms, don't go. And they went anyway. But Paul, in the middle of those raging storms, had a total supernatural peace and faith that kept everybody on that ship alive even when the ship was wrecked. And then when he got off on that island and the snake bit him, he just shook it off. There was nothing he could do about it, but that supernatural faith imparted to him by the Holy Spirit allowed him to just keep walking and receive that deliverance. There was nothing he could have done about it except receive it. He didn't command that snake bite to be healed. He didn't speak to the poison to come out. He just simply went about his business with that supernatural faith to receive deliverance. Okay. He, he peacefully told everybody, you know, not to fear on that ship. And, and his faith held it together. Um, another example of that, which is also combined with miracles, we'll talk about miracles in a minute, but um, when Moses, you know, held out his rod and the, the sea parted, okay, that was miraculous. And we'll talk about why. But it took passive faith on Moses' part to hold the miracle in place until all the children crossed. So it was a miracle, but it was that passive faith of Moses that held that water apart until they got across. Nothing Moses could do except stand and believe God. But it was a supernatural faith that, that caused him to be able to stand and see that happen. Um, so... Smith Wigglesworth says it like this. He says, you use your own faith and you exercise it until you come to the end of it. And at the very end, that's when supernatural faith kicks in and sustains and empowers. So you start out in your own faith and you better be sure it's strong. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Feed on the Word, meditate the Word. Everything that God says to do to build your faith up. Pray in the Spirit. All those things that increase your faith. But, and you step out in your faith. But when you get to the end of your faith, that's when God's faith meets you right there. Supernatural faith. And it, it, it is not about acting. It is about receiving. And what do you usually receive with that supernatural faith? Miracles. So they blend together. The miraculous and that supernatural faith 
blend together. That you need one for the other. You need one for the other. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, and bring the miracles in here because they really do go together. Um, you know, you can pray for somebody to be healed and they can be instantaneously healed. There is a supernatural anointing when, you, when you're ministering healing. And, and it is a miracle. Um, but there are also times when you pray for people and over time they're healed. You know, different kind of miracle. Okay, different kind of setting. Um, but a miracle, a true miracle, is when um, there is an intervention in the ordinary course of nature. When there is an intervention in the ordinary course of nature. You can pray for somebody to be healed and their body, you know, turns around and begins to heal itself with the course of nature, with the help of doctors, and that's healing. But it is not the same as the miraculous. And the miraculous then blends over into manifestations of healing. You know, it, it, they all kind of come together here. Um, but it's any kind of an intervention in the ordinary course of nature. The phrase there, workings of miracles, um, in the Latin is energema dunamis day, which means the operation of superabundant, supernatural dunamis power or dynamo power of God. That's what it is. So let me just give you some um, examples of outside of the course of nature. Things that happen in the material that absolutely interrupted the natural flow of nature. Okay. Um, changing water to wine. That's one of the biggies. Feeding the 5,000 with a handful of loaves and fishes. All this is outside of the normal course of nature. Walking on water. Raising Lazarus from the dead. Guys like Philip being transported from place to place. Um, Elisha and Elijah parting the waters of the Jordan with, by slapping that mantle on the water. You know, that is outside the normal course of nature. When Jesus stood up and calmed the storm, outside the normal course of nature. Okay? It's a temporary suspension of the normal order. An interruption of the system of nature as we know it. And it is operated solely by the force of the power of the Spirit of God. That's when you see uh, arms and legs grow where they weren't any before. You know. Um, um, when you when you see people even today raising someone from the dead and it happens um, there are all kinds of miracles that happen but, but when we're talking miracles we're talking about um, immediately outside of the normal course of nature can we speak to the storm? yeah and if the storm stops, then that's a miracle because that stops the course of nature. We have the power and authority to do that. Well, does a miracle have to be immediate? Um, well, it can be sustained in the sense of like uh, Abraham and Sarah. But that, the faith is what's extended. The miracle is pretty much immediate. 
as soon as Sarah and Abraham at that age got together, that was miraculous. But until then, it was that supernatural sustaining faith that kept it alive. So if it's a miracle, it's, it's pretty much going to happen immediately. You know, um, it, it, because it stops the flow of nature. You can't have a continual stop of the flow of nature for over a long period of time. <laughs> It, it, you know, it'll be immediate healings. People coming up out of wheelchairs that have been crippled all their lives. Blind people suddenly seeing. Um, you know, those kind of things. Those are miracles because it's an interruption of the course of nature. Um, now, is it miraculous when we pray for somebody to be healed? Yeah, and they are. Yeah, it is. It is miraculous. If it's an instantaneous healing, it's, it really is miraculous. If it's over a period of time, it doesn't mean it's not miraculous, but it, is, it means that it happens with the course of nature and takes time to happen. Okay. Um, but because you're standing in agreement, you know, and because you are allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to minister, it'll happen. Um, so th- that's more, you know, on our level, everyday level, where when you get into that supernatural faith level, when you're ministering to people instantaneous. Miracles happen. They just happen. Um, those are those fabulous stories you hear about where somebody didn't have any eyes in their sockets and suddenly they can see 2020. That's a miracle. Okay. The, those are what you, what we would call manifestations of the miraculous. Um, <coughs> did you have another question, Lee? Did you want to say something else about that? No. Okay. Um, did that pretty much clear it up? Well, yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, you hear of doctors who are treating people and they'll right. say, you have seen a miracle. Okay. Right. It was something they didn't expect, they hadn't done. That's they right. They knew God had. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and it is an interruption of the normal course of that disease. Mm-hmm. And, and it is miraculous. But... Um, there is this this very super supernatural display of the miraculous that they're speaking about here, in which it, it things just completely interrupt the flow of nature, you know, and and that happens a lot. We'll pray for people; they'll be totally healed, and and just like that, and go back to the doctor. The doctor says, "No, your heart's fine," or "No, the cancer's gone." You know, um, we've seen that. Yes. We have seen it, but. Um, and those are miracles, total miracles, yeah. And any healing is a miracle because it runs against the course of a fallen world. But um, this power, this this manifestation is, is yes, yes, it's instant and it's super, supernatural, yeah. We had one of our women from this church. Um, she used to pick people up and you know, said, well, eventually you're going to, somebody's going to, hit you over the head and gone, you know. But uh, she, she won a car. Margie. In other words, in her, with her sales. I wouldn't doubt it at all. Yeah. Well, anyway, she was heading down through West Virginia and uh, a guy on a motorcycle goes around her like a shot, you know. And, uh, um, and she uh, just lowered her, her high beams, you know, and uh, watched alongside, you know. And my gosh, here she comes in. The guy had gone off the road into a barbed wire fence. Oh, wow. And uh, he was just tore up, bleeding to beat the dickens. And uh, he, uh, she pulls over to the side, you know, and she gets out. And uh, she stopped the blood 
Now, I don't know how she did that, <laughs> but she just did. Uh, the the, the uh, guy was bleeding to death, and uh, she stopped him from bleeding. And uh, finally, she stopped another car coming by and uh, phoned in what got in and phoned like that. But she stayed there with the guy all night, and uh, he was really in bad shape, you know, that guy wasn't going to make it. And uh, she lived through the whole thing. Isn't that something? Yeah, and, uh, I and, can see more. The guy, by the, the guy got, got, got converted. Because of I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. But I, I can see Margie doing that. She'd be the very one. Yeah. She was a little dynamo herself. Yeah. And she had no fear in it. Yeah, I, that's a great story. I love that one. The minute you said she picks people up, she also used to feed them dog, feed dog food. She used to keep the dog That was what I always thought was funny, too. She would put the dog food in the back of the car and, and feed, them dogs. feed the dogs on the side of the road. I'm going, oh, my gosh, you know, they could have rabies or anything. And she Get out, and, you know. That was long before we had a good humane society. But I used to, she was a fascinating woman, wasn't she? Fearless, just fearless. Um, well, can I, can I share just a really short story? Absolutely. I'm sitting here smiling because um, I, I know the, definitely know the difference between our faith and, and the, the you know manifestation of faith. But I only ever prayed like for a storm to, to quiet once. And I, I get these bold moments when I sure. think I can go out on <laughs> That's my it. porch and, and speak to that storm. Sure. storm. And there was a like a near hurricane that was coming uh -huh. through. It was coming through my backyard and across my house. And I, I thought, well, I'm, it was more like, I'm going to try this. Yeah. Not so much like <laughs> I, I actually went out there believing. It's like, well, Okay, I'm going to go out. So I went out and said, you know, I command you, Storm, in the name of Jesus, to just cease and desist, and, and you cannot destroy this house, and, and that's it, in Jesus' name. And I walked, started to turn around, and I said, but do you, you know that one branch that I've been worrying about falling uh -huh. and hitting my dogs or something? My dog only had one at the time. I don't care if you take that. <laughs> walked around, I heard this crack. Turned around. The limb was down. So I just that as a faith Absolute. Well, you know, you went out on the deck in your own... Well, see, that's it. You went out on the deck in your own faith. And where your own faith ended, the supernatural faith to receive that miracle kicked in. Yeah, because I, I think I was more expectant that it would take, you know, okay, yeah. you can take that branch down if you like. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't expect it to right. happen immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, I turned right. around and it was like, I know more than turned around, took my eyes off of it and cracked. There it was. You know, the Lord has a sense of humor. He does. He does. He does. And the thing that's so cool about that is, it is not work. You know, you just went out there in your own faith, and where your faith ended, I mean, you were bold enough to say, in that limb, you know, where your faith ended, the Holy Spirit rose up in you and took care of that limb and the storm. And that's exactly what happens. And we need to practice that. We need to practice that. Um, because that's when you begin to get bolder and bolder. You know, we really do. Um, God's not worried about us practicing. You know, he's fine with that. And But I, I think that's a perfect example of what Smith Wigglesworth says. You go out in your own faith and your own boldness. Because we have a faith and a boldness. But where your faith ends, mine will be right there to pick up. And you expect to see things. You know, even if you don't expect totally to see them, 
you went out there and you honored his word, he'll take care of the rest. A lot of times we think so far ahead of ourselves, we overthink. You know, to the point that we go, well, what if I go out there and I say it and it doesn't happen and then I'll be disappointed. And yeah. and so maybe I just won't go out at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, when we start overthinking it, we lose it. Mm-hmm. But what Jordine did is priceless. Yeah. But that, he also used that to build my faith. Of you course know? he did. Yeah. I don't even sure. remember how quickly the storm subsided. It could have been immediate. It could have just calmed down. But I went around your house because he took that limb down. Right down. Exactly right. And it had been hanging over my yard uh, for the longest time. I thought, I one of it. these days that's going to come Hit down one of my babies. One of my dogs. Mm-hmm. So all of a I just said, There it is. You can take that limb down now. Nobody's and there it was. <laughs> Boom. Well, that's what it is. It's not hard work. We keep trying to make everything so hard. Yeah. So hard. We show up, we're just the vessel. And God wants to do stuff like that. Do you think he doesn't love slapping that limb down? Oh, my. Well, what's the worst that could happen? Exactly it right. doesn't happen. Yeah. I had been watching Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, and they mm-hmm. were telling the same kind of story, stopping a tornado. Right. Or stopping a hurricane coming, and the, the mm-hmm. being shut down, airports and everything because of the hurricane. So I was watching it, and I was fairly new in all these Right miraculous events happening and I was standing looking out my back window in the yard and in Lakewood the lightning can hit pretty low and I'm standing there and the lightning is cracking in my backyard I mean it's coming down and you're seeing the lightning bolts crack mm-hmm. and I'm standing there and I say lightning you go back up you do not touch my yard and right after I said that the lightning bolt came down and stopped about a yard off my ground. Wow. Reversed action. And unfortunately, it went up over the top of my house, across the street, and hit the Mickey property. Wow. <laughs> and they have underground wire for Oh, no. And it hit over there, and it took out the elect- whole electrical system for that electric fence. Wow. And I looked out the I went and looked out the front window. Next thing I know, there's fire Bedford Fire Company across the street. Wow. My ex-husband was across the street. Wow. And they were all talking and then I talked to on yet. Yeah. Later on in the day and I, you know, we were talking about all this happening and I found out what had happened. This lightning came down and hit their electric fence on Wow. They had just a little part that it was exposed uh-huh. and opened. And that's all it took. And that's where that bolt hit. <laughs> but, yeah, it, yeah. You, know, you, you think, well, what's the worst that can happen? Right. I can try this, and if it, you know, that's what if I it doesn't it's work, right. yeah. then, you know. What have I lost? I just have to so try that's again. It. But you but stepped out in on. your faith, and where your faith ended, the Holy Spirit's faith picks up. He cannot go beyond what you allow him to go. You have to go. You have to do your part in order for him to pick up there. He's not going to go. He's not going to run ahead of you. Well, and it's you know you're not really wimpy about it. I think right. you, know, you command with a firm voice and, and stand on what right. God says you can do. And and that's how you build your personal experience. That's it. And the faith of the, the faith foundation. That's it. That's it. And and you just don't overthink it. We overthink we it. We can't command the storm. Yeah. Just remember parking places. 
That's it. That's exactly right. Just let the traffic park and that place be there. Exactly right. Hey, Tina, next yeah. time make sure you get it out of the neighbor way. <laughs> yeah. Across the street. Yeah, I just said don't hit my yard. <laughs> we'll have to think a little bit more about that. Little did you know. Curved up over. Uh, you could actually see it like come down and a. Went right back up. Reverse and go up. <laughs> Isn't that weird? But that's God, you know, and it and it isn't. It's not hard. It's not like you have to work. It's just if you can imagine the the apostles walking down the street, just walking down the street, and people getting in their shadows and they're just being healed right and left. They weren't doing anything. But just walking down the street. They weren't trying to get anybody healed. They weren't praying for people. They were just walking down the street. And the Holy Spirit could use their vessels because they were so full. And he did. And he did all kinds of stuff around them. Sometimes in spite of them. But because they went, the Holy Spirit could meet you there and pick up where you leave off. And um, so I, I love what Smith Wigglesworth says. You go in your own faith, and when you get to the end of your faith, then God's faith is there to pick it up. You know, that dynamite. It just opens up a yeah. whole new it does. Uh, strength. Yeah. What you got, Bill? Yeah. It's the T.D. Jakes. Okay. Do you remember? I love T.D. Jakes, yeah. Turned him on the other morning having a bowl of cereal. And I was really going for the news and just stayed there. And if you may recall in this uh, study when, back when we were talking about uh, light. And Sandy said that light uh, is in the gap. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know what all T-Day Jakes was really talking about that particular morning. It had a lot to do with unity. And once you had unity, like they were in the upper room and they were of he was one. talking about unity in the church. Right. Mm -hmm. And then from unity, uh, there was receiving and then the power went out. But he made a comment there that I think ties right into what Sandy's talking about this evening. He said, <clears throat> grace lives in the gap between the promise and the performance. There you go. And uh, the performance of the promise. And then he went on to say this, that that gap is the space between my efforts and God's ability. Amen. Mm -hmm. And the light of God lives right there. And that's, that's awesome. And so when you're out there sending lightning to your neighbors, <laughs> you are... Actually, in a way, you're functioning under grace. That's it. That's what we've been talking about. It is all grace. Mm -hmm. It is the manifestation of grace. Love expressed is grace defined. So you, you know, and God is expressing that love all the time. And when you call on it, yeah, well, next time you'll know. Yeah. The whole neighborhood. Get out. Next that's exactly like Bill says. Get it out of the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. But that's, yes, that's it. And, and it isn't hard. We make things so hard. We make things so hard. And um, 
So, okay, well, that's two of the power gifts, and we still have the um, prophecy gifts to go. So we're, we're the manifestations. We're getting there. We're inching up on it. And um, then here in a couple weeks, we're going to start on the kingdom. And um, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. I wasn't going there, but um, I'll tell you the story when we get there. You know how that is. You know how that is. Okay, let me just pray for everybody here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.